like you do try and go into a clip clean if you want to have something clipped up you do try and have a what i've started thinking like leaving a second or two clean after and before so that it's easier for you to clip together anyway sh there you go technical speak oh mm, yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you thought vehicle compliance was sexy and interesting, then you've come to the right place. This is The Rock Show, a kind of down-the-pub chat about transport compliance and how it's good for us all. I'm Alan, the CEO. And I'm John, Head of Compliance at Compliance Rocks. And welcome to The Rock Show. In a, in a nutshell, I get. I guess the whole point of of today's chat is because we, we've we've obviously been partnering, partnering, partnering with other other organisations, other individuals in the industry, and looking at how how we can use those people. Because I mean, we've 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 spent quite a lot of time over the last few months cultivating those relationships that will never be a client. That's not the point of them. They're they're there to to bring value to our clients. So, John your thoughts <laughs> yes yes well i guess i guess the first place to start maybe would be we redefined your job role this week haven't we a little bit we decided to, to kind of give you more of a focus rather than just being head of compliance so so what is can you remember what is your new job role chief customer officer not chief creative officer yeah. much to uh dr mittens anger <laughs> <laughs> We're really making this hard for Stu to edit today, aren't we? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I get. I guess because because we've now kind of redefined your role as chief customer officer. Um, has it? I mean, what what's that sort of done to to your view on what we're doing now? Has it changed things at all? Well, of course, yeah, because we're giving me the the assistance that I I I needed of being able to break away from. You know, it's that thing we used to always joke about in the first few months of us running, starting Compliance Rocks, working in the company rather than on the company. So the, the role is definitely more working on. Yeah, and I guess I guess what we're trying to put the focus on your job role specifically is is customer success, customer experience, customer delight, customer satisfaction. It, I mean, it's putting the customer at the centre of what, what we're looking at really i guess um and it's not that far away from what you already do is it really like you, you already do focus on the customers as, as your priority you always focus on what our client needs and what our client wants and i think that kind of leads quite nicely into what we're going to talk about today which is partnerships because obviously we've we've got half a dozen partnerships we've already negotiated and kind of cultivated into being useful both directions um both for the partner and for us but ultimately we want to make our customers' lives better, like we discussed last week. We want to obviously we want to improve the value of our customers' kind of business lives. Um, but I think some of the partnerships we've we've cultivated are really going to prove useful. So I was thinking today maybe we should run through some of our partnerships kind of in turn and look at how maybe they they've added value to our clients and then and then how we've maybe added value to them. So who do you want to start with, John? I suppose best one to probably start with the uh, insurance 
Yeah, so we we've that's, got... that's been recent subject, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's been quite a, an interesting quite. I mean, it's been a conversation we've been having for a while now, but obviously we've kind of it's finally come to fruition. People, things have lined up the right way. But I mean, do you want to give a bit of background about how how we kind of formed this partnership? Um, well, we it's funny, isn't it? Because thinking back to it. We were actually a message out of the dark, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you remember? It's like, I remember you coming into the office. It's like, oh, I've had an insurance company message me. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was um, it was all quite random, wasn't it? It was quite a nice random. Yeah. Yeah. We we, 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 we were looking at it months ago. So obviously, a lot of our clients use the same insurance company and their insurance is generally up at the same date, isn't it? And we were thinking, how can we try and partner with someone obviously we can never offer insurance we don't it's not our game is it we can't start offering compliance rocks insurance it's never going to happen not yet um, anyway <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah we, we 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 didn't really we, we were thinking about approaching some companies weren't we yeah yeah so anyway yeah so we were we were looking at um trying to contact a, a, an insurance company and see if we can try and offer our customers competitive rates and obviously the hard work was done for us we were messaged weren't we out of the dark we we built a, we built a good reputation within the compliance industry word has got around and obviously a, a quite a big they're quite a, well you said they're a medium sized company they're quite I think they have about 500 clients they insure. So they're an insurance broker rather than because I I don't know much about the world of insurance it's not an area of my expertise Apologies for that interlude. Technical issues there, but we're back up and running now. Um, yeah, so uh, insurance. Yeah, we, we, we don't know anything about insurance, but talking to Manu at G11, who is our, our, our partner, he um, kind of explained how it all works. And I didn't really, really, really realise, but there's only like three or four insurance companies. There's not that many people that actually insure HGVs and, and like our clients what there are there's a lot of brokers out there that will help kind of put you in the right direction but it means it's quite a monopoly um and so you really can only buy from a broker to get you the deal you need because they can obviously shop around and know who to talk to and what to ask and things like that so really the best the best way of working i, I didn't realize this could have been i say we, I, I insure my car i insure my home i insure my camp van and stuff but i but i don't any do any more than just going on compare the market or whatever i mean i'm sure you do the same john when you're searching for your bike insurance or your car insurance i was literally doing doing it this morning yeah because my bike insurance is due tonight i'm getting messed around there you go but and all you can really do is go to these comparison websites and really all you're doing there is comparing on price and price i think is is a big thing to compare on especially okay maybe our car insurance i don't know how much is your bike insurance what three four hundred quid no, about hundred pounds a year, hundred and ten pounds. Okay, I, I don't have a bike, so I wouldn't know. It, but but I get it, it. It's pocket change compared to I mean, how much does it cost to insure a, a tipper or, or a curtain cider? Could, I mean, could, could be could be a couple of grands, could be several grands. Yeah, it's it's like it, it's, it's not different factors, obviously, but yeah, it's a big difference. It's, 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 a, it's a big scale up, and so price can be a big factor. But actually, I think customer service and because I mean, business insurance is it it fluctuates things move things change the way you operate your business changes you want to have that decent customer service to be able to give you 
the answers you need. I mean, we, 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 we find that when we talk to suppliers is you want to have that open relationship where you can ask a question and get the response rather than talking to a big corporate organisation. You want to have that sort of personal touch. Um, and so I think that's where, where Manu at G11 is really good. Uh, so we've, we've worked with him for a while now and he's, he's at least saved money for our clients. I know that much. But also he's able to be, he's always at the end of the phone to help should there be an issue. And I, I mean, I know this yeah. this coronavirus pandemic is not going to be around forever but people are parking up trucks and so they're asking questions about how to change things and stuff and and knowing you've got that person on the end of the phone i think is really important actually well yeah yeah we've spoken to several clients haven't we that are going on letter insurance changing it from fully comp to third party i think there's one insurance type i heard a client say they were doing was um it was like a vor insurance obviously vehicle off-road yeah insurance type type thing so if anyone tried obviously stealing it or crashed into it while it's parked on the premises they were insured for it so but yeah i've, I've never heard sense. of it's just it's just weird from obviously my many years of working in this industry to hear people doing that it's just you know i, th- I think we are in, in weird times and i think mm. what couldn't be done three months ago people are making happen because it's either do it or companies go out of business i think that's yeah. kind of you, you're putting things in place to, to make people survive, which I think is important. So, mm. but yeah, I think, I think going, I mean, the, the insurance aside, I think what's more important is we started this relationship with, with Manu and we're able to add value to his clients. Cause that, that was kind of the key point of a partnership, isn't it? Is to, is to share things. It's not just to have a one way flow, but also to share things. So we're now able to, we've, I mean, we're, we're working with some of his clients now, aren't we? We've, we've got a couple mm. of his clients signed up to our, our, our service and, and we're able to add our value to his clients. It makes his clients happier and more likely to stick with him and vice versa. It means that our clients are now saving money with their insurance. They've got this person on the end of the phone who can actually answer their mm. questions. And it, and it all is all about making the customer happy, isn't it really? Mm. well yeah and it is it, you touched on it just then we always say this it seems to be part of our mantra but we're adding value we're not just doing this to you know help them earn money or help us earn money it's adding value and showing that we do genuinely care about our clients because if we can save our money cli- uh, clients money it means we save their their business money which means they can continue trading which means yeah, a lot to us doesn't it and i think i think at the moment that's key i mean if we were to take it back to the cold hard facts, if these businesses go out of business, we lose them as clients. Mm. The thing for us is we want to make sure our clients are still here in three months' time. But actually, further than that, we have a relationship with that. We we almost are a partner with our clients, aren't we? I mean, that that's one mm. of the things we sell to our clients is is we're not just a service provider. We're there on the end of the phone if you need us. We're there to to add value to you. We're there to to hold your hand through things, um, and. We care for our clients, don't we? It's funny you say that. One of our <clears throat> one of our clients passed their uh, their silver last week, and I think the um, the the hauler got their email. I think Saturday, and I got a WhatsApp saying, you know, thank you so much, really appreciate it, with a nice little heart emoji. I'll tell you oh, who it was nice. afterwards, but you probably you probably guess. I we we have very good relationship with this client, but it's it's just that personal touch is reciprocated you know it's in, they're, they're doing it back with us it was really nice like cheers yeah. mate so yeah yeah cheers yeah so it's, it's not it's nice when you get the the thanks that i think we deserve yeah. i think I yeah of course that. some people some people could argue sorry some people could argue oh, we're paying you for a service yeah but it's still nice getting that that 
that that thank you because we really like having the relationships, don't we? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, do do you, do you give a, a box of biscuits your your uh, postman on Christmas? Like I we, no, that, but the bid the binman I do. Yeah, but the same sort of thing. It's mm. like we, we they're, they're paid to do a job. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you give them a no, present? But yeah. actually, it's it's a sign of gratitude that they did like that that you, you appreciate what they do, and I think I think that's quite yeah that's quite nice. I do I do care about our clients, um, mm. and even, even even as we grow, when I might not know everyone's clients by name, as maybe we used to as we expand, I still do have that genuine caring desire to to make sure our clients succeed and, and achieve their goals and i think yeah. the problem is a lot of people see what we do in compliance people see it in insurance people see it in anything that's what they view as dull or boring or a necessity but they don't really care about it and that's a lot of people do see compliance as that thing that you're paid to do a service and that's it just tick tick my box and, and leave and i think that breeds other people in the industry who do what we do to have a same mindset back to them. Mm. And so I think a lot, a lot of our competitors do have that mindset of, I'm not saying all of them do. I'm sure there, there's many consultants out there that do have that caring mindset, but we care. And I think that that is reciprocated by our clients back and forth. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think that that does come out when, when we've, I mean, I know a lot of our partners have maybe fallen in our lap or kind of been a response to another question or whatever, like, uh, as you were alluding to earlier, John, um, Manu kind of found us through the website. He filled in a form, got in touch. And the reason he found us was actually through a Facebook group that we're on. Um, mm. he, he saw that we had recommendations on a Facebook group and he got in touch, but it was, we don't, we didn't search out for this partner. He just sort of fell in our lap. And I think a lot of our partners are the same, actually. I mean, you've got Ross, from Leafs Logistics, mm. who we've sort of partnered up with and we offer service to his clients and he offers his services to our clients. It's That's another partnership that you kind of fill in our lap a little bit. Um, yeah, so I, I guess going on, going on to some, some other partners we, we've sort of negotiated and cultivated. So obviously got insurance, we've got Leafs Logistics, who we, we partner with, who kind of, we use him for transport manager sort of finding in different areas of the country when we need it. But we've actually started working with a couple of TMs, haven't we? Yes. We have two on our on our books so far, looking to expand. So obviously we've got we've got Trina and Richard who have kind of bitten the bullet and kind of come on really early doors with that that was actually mm. a bit different to the other ones we've worked on. It's a bit more of a formal partnership programme that we were sort of looking to cultivate because I guess what we realised, and the reason we wanted to do this was there's a lot of clients out there that could use what we do. But actually mm. to get that personal touch that we kind of, we pride ourselves on, there are only so many hours in the day that you can actually provide that service. But actually what I do, and what the rest of the team does is put together a system and a process that allows you to do that easily and simply and then do all your kind of customer facing stuff that you're really good at but you wouldn't be able to manage so many clients if you didn't have the technology in place behind the scenes and i think that's where we realize mm. actually what we can do as a company we can create this system create the documentation create the workflows and then partner with people who are at the core face so tms i think are are the best people to partner with in my opinion because they're the ones on mm. the ground every day doing this they're actually mm. upholding compliance within companies 
And so we're like, well, this system we're building and we're working on actually helps people meet fours, which, I mean, tick, 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 that's fine. But it's going to make their lives easier when it comes to managing compliance in a wider picture. And so we kind of, yeah, I mean, when did we do this? It was, what, October 2019, I think we put mm. the advert out on Facebook. And we we, and we we got plenty of interest, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> and I think we, we decided to pick the two that we thought would gain the most value out of this straight away. Um, I think everyone else we spoke to is going to be vitally important to add them to 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 our partnership scheme. But I think for now, these two were people that really jumped out and go, yeah, actually, I'm willing to take a punt with actually what is quite an unknown company and actually mm. take a punt with what is quite an unknown way of operating with sort of partnerships and stuff. So, um, yeah, so I think, I think Trina and Richard have, have been real assets to the team, haven't they, really? I mean, the wider team. Anyway. I think I think it was I think it was refreshing, wasn't it? Because it was one of the reasons we knew we shouldn't struggle to get people out on board is because, as you touched on just now, they they love compliance. Transfer managers, there's there's a, it, there's nothing better getting someone on board that actually totally one hundred percent sees what we do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As, as in, the transfer manager needs to be compliant, don't they? Yeah. Obviously by law, but it's their name. It's their name on the wall, and if something happens due to a, a, a compliance hiccup, not only they lose their reputation, they can lose that job, also they go to prison. So it's compliance is but a big deal I, I, for, for I any think, team. I think compliance, I mean, compliance is a big deal because it, it's quite heavy-handed, obviously. You lose, as you say, lose your licence, lose your ability to work, go to prison. But I don't think people go and become a TM without having a vague interest in it in the first place. I think that's the key point. Sure. They probably yeah. actually, mm. well, I think I, I know we speak to a few TMs. They all actually enjoy what they do. They do yeah. actually enjoy compliance, and therefore selling a compliance system to someone that likes compliance is really easy. To 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 a business owner, to a haulage company, compliance is a is a is a, is a box to be ticked. It's like HR. Mm. It's like insurance. It's yeah. like, I don't know, your maintenance schedules and stuff. It's These are all things that you have to do by law to, to, to operate a business, but it's just going to be a tick. You don't really care about it. Whereas TMs yeah. totally get what we're doing and why yeah. we're doing it and what we're trying to get to. And I think that was the... I mean, we saw it a bit as a revenue generator, didn't we? We were initially going to partner with them to then go, look, bring your clients on and we'll we'll provide our service to your clients and, and we'll, you, can, you can be the account manager and you can manage it. And that's still going to be our... our our core that's the offering. end game isn't it that yeah. is what we're doing but actually I think there's we because we, we, we decided to start just with Trina and Richard we just to start with the two and sort of build out how it would work and and yeah we've we've pushed clients their way they push clients to each other yeah um, is obviously a, a, a training provider as well and with this new online training we've pushed people her way so she's she's running courses um and obviously she's running courses for her own clients and then they're going to want four, so they come to us. So kind of building this kind of positive network of people that all want to help each other, I think is only going to be good as, as, an, as an industry, I think. We said earlier, a bit of old, good old-fashioned cross-pollination. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, I, I mean, we... we, we we spend quite a lot of time talking to our partners, don't we? Really, we put a lot, of, a lot of effort into managing and. Well, we do, yeah. Like we, 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 as I say, we have our, we have our partner meetings every every Friday morning for half an hour. We chat about stuff. Some of it's important, some of it's really not. 
Um, but it's, it, I think it's important to to build those relationships where people do value those things that we're we're doing. So, and and obviously mm-hmm. they're going to be rewarded because they they've come on really early. So as this partnership scheme expands, uh, I think which it will. Yeah, I mean it will do. We've already we've already got a list of people that are keen to to join. I say we're mm. we're holding off on formally starting it because I think we can't really manage it at the moment. People like Trina and Richard had a real kind of hands on training approach, and I think we can't necessarily do mm. that with everyone. So we have to streamline that process. We also need to streamline our technology yeah. to work with the number of partners we want to work with. We need to streamline that further. So there, there's lots of things mm. we've got to do first, but. As I say, we 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 know that's the future of what we're trying to do. We know it's the future of how mm. we're going to add value, um, and I don't want this to be an us versus them. That's not the point, because actually, at the end of the day, if you try and compete on price and argue amongst each other and and kind of don't have this ability to add value to client, the only person that's going to fall that's going to lose out in all this is the client, mm. because a service like this is not just price based like you need a good service of what we do in this industry to do a good job you can't you can't just scrape through like we you you you, you know more about this than i do but you you see there's so many people out there that work in compliance that scrape people through things and eventually it's just going to bite them on the backside isn't it oh, all they all they care about is the pass not how they got through it yeah. so a pass can still have plenty of minors, plenty of holes and real serious issues that need amending. But, oh, well, you've had a pass, see you in 12 months. Yeah, I, I guess that doesn't really... A lot of the clients that we work with, or all the clients we work with, we work with them all the time. Like We're with them every month, we handhold them, we write reports for them, we, we give them that internal audit once a month to make sure they're operating to the standard they should be operating to. A lot of our our competitors that don't do that, that as you say, don't really care compete on price. They can't they can't compete on value because they're competing on price. They've got to drive the price down to get the minimum price possible, so that they they make the number of sales they want to make. But the problem is, what was that? What was that client? Everyone reminds me that store. What was that client? Obviously, not mentioning the names. It was a client based locally that contacted you, Alan. Do you remember? And they were like, "Oh, I I need fours by X dates." And we were like, okay, yeah, we, we can do it for this. So, no, I've been quoted like £200 and getting it ready within a few weeks. Or something. Do, do, do you remember what, yeah, what was I the remember. story? And it was all about price. It was they, all about they, price. They, I think they'd been doing it internally. It was, they were a bigger organisation. Mm. I think they were vans rather than trucks as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think they had like 20 or 30 vans. They had like an admin team in-house and, and they thought they could just get one of their admin people to do this. It was oh, just a t- box-ticking exercise. And then they realised that actually you need a little bit of skill to do this. But all they cared about mm. was sticking that stick on the side of their, their vans. Because I think they needed it for a client. It was one of these yeah. sort of, they needed force. It was bronze they needed is what they were after. And I was like, yeah, mm. but yeah. They, they phoned me and said, yeah. Well, they phoned me, left me a voicemail. I phoned back in half an hour. And they'd already spoken to a competitor. So they'd obviously gone, okay, we need this now. Bam, bam, bam. Let's phone people. Yeah, this, this person quoted 500 quid. They could get it in a few weeks. And they were just going to fake all the stuff, push it all out, tick all the boxes without really getting their drivers to sign it, fake all the drive, the training records, fake doing the e-learning. And the client didn't care. All the client wanted was to stick. But no. and what does that do to the industry? All that does is drive quality down. And yeah, okay, we are looking specifically at fours right now. And I know that in the grand scheme of things, it's not a legal requirement. So 
you can't really argue against it. But I think if someone's mindset is to that to do with fours, what is their mindset with everything else that they do in their business? And I think that's where the problem is. But their companies all over the place. All they're doing is buying on price, not on value. And I think that's where we do set ourselves mm-hmm. differently. And that's where we are. We want to partner with people that share that vision, that actually they don't want to be. I don't want to be the mm-hmm. cheapest supplier. If you're the cheapest, what are you cutting out that everyone else does that you're now not doing? And I think that, and that's why we didn't, we didn't, no. we didn't go in, did we? We were like, no, we, we probably could have, we probably could have lowered the price. We were like, what's the point in working with someone on that when we know they won't work with us on a monthly basis? They won't give us things like you know, fuel data. They won't, they won't work with us on a monthly basis. No. They're, they're not interested. You knew as soon as we got that bronze. It wouldn't be able to done. It, it just wouldn't because we, we don't fake yeah. things, so they wouldn't. So have got it I, 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 and I was glad mm. to actually hang up on that client or that lead and go. Do you know what? I don't want to do that. And I think that kind of does prove that we are not one man, as uh, I one hit wonders, wham bam, thank you bam sort of approach. We are here for the long haul, um, and I think once you get that through your skull that that's what we're trying to do. All our partners get that as well. They're here for the long haul. They're here to add value. And ultimately, if you don't compete on price but compete on value, quality goes up in the industry. The quality of the service that is provided to the industry and within the industry goes up, which can only be a good thing for everyone, really. Mm, Of course. Improving the industry and making it a better and safe place to work is is nothing to sniff at. but ultimately, I think the, the, the key point, I guess, of this whole, this episode specifically was all about how we can make our customers happier. Part, well, what, what, did, what did I say at the beginning? The power of the partnership and aiding customers delight. I quite like that word delight. We want to obviously delight our customers, add value. And I think all the partnerships we've obviously worked on over the last few months, I think do, actually. I think the fact that we can provide insurance, provide training, provide a transport manager kind of consultancy. There's, there's things there now that we couldn't offer before. At the moment, <clears throat> I think we want to, I think the reason we started this podcast and this and the blog we write and and the Rocks Roundup uh, newsletter we, we, we send out every week is all about trying to cultivate new partnerships to see how we can. We can provide a service to their clients and vice versa. So I think that's the point of why we're doing this is to hopefully try and, find other people mm. that might might want to add value to their clients and might want to add value to our clients because I think the more the more partners we have the bigger our network is the more value we can add and as long as you sh- as long as the partners share our vision share our reason for existence then I'm absolutely fine with working with people I say so if anyone out there who is listening to this and wants to uh, get in touch and start a conversation please do um, I'm sure the clever wizards in the design team are going to put email links and stuff here. Please actually do that design team because I don't want to just be pointing at the screen generally like that because I'm going to look out of it until. Thanks, G. Um, uh, yeah, uh, just get in touch because I think the more we do communicate and open up those those dialogues to people, the, the better it is for everyone. So unless, John, is there anything else you want to add? Mm. No, I think I think you know we we just quickly touch on 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 the partners. You know, yeah, there are some partners out there that probably don't share the vision. And this comes back to us picking and choosing who we work with. 
we only we only want to work with people that do share the vision that generally want to we sound some form like revolutionary party don't we it's like change change the world we live in in transports but we do we we we, we as you can tell from these these podcasts and videos we are passionate about our, our jobs and we do really care and it's not always about you know money invoicing it, it is generally sometimes about improving the transport industry and changing it yeah for the better so on that on, on that bombshell i yes. think we can uh probably okay it got it got a bit emotional there didn't it really i think we need, we need to find a less emotional subject last last week was all about do we make people's lives better this week it's all about keeping our customers happy are we are we, are we going to talk about anything less emotional next week we're talking about um rspca and all the all the sick kittens and puppies okay do you want to write the topics for next week then because i i i I can't stand animals you ain't gonna make me cry so (laughs) i know mate we know know you're cold and heartless so yeah i guess i guess guess in summary i think we do we do care about our customers we want to delight them and i think the partnerships we've developed over the last few months really kind of added value and delighted our clients so i think that's all from me and that's all from me So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, if you want to follow us on Spotify, find us on YouTube or find us on our socials. You can like us on Instagram, follow and like us on Facebook and also head over to compliance.rocks for more information. And if you want to talk to us directly, feel free to send me an email, alan at compliance.rocks or follow me on LinkedIn. And also if you want to get hold of me, it's john at compliance.rocks. And again, I'm on LinkedIn, so feel free to follow me there. Thanks guys and see you next week. Thank you. Bye.